Bankless Nation, wow, we've got an emergency episode for you. David, you and I had scheduled a different episode today for our State of the Nation, but we got to pivot because something massive is happening in crypto. Last time I felt like this, it was uh, during the Doquan days and the collapse of Luna and Terra. This is another one of those pivotal days. Something shocking, something surprising happened in crypto. Some questions I think people want to know. Is FTX and Alameda going bankrupt? Is CZ causing a bank run? Is that what just happened? And is Binance about to acquire FTX? David, what are we gonna talk about in today's emergency bankless update episode? This feels like it's the final season of Game of Centralized Exchanges. Uh, <laughs> there can't be that many left for, for like really big contagion events. Because they're happen. all dying. Yeah, they're all there's 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 few. We're we're at the very end, uh, and so this is a story of contagion. I don't think it goes further beyond uh, FTX and Alameda, but but we'll see. But the relationship between Alameda and FTX seems to have actually played out uh, in a negative fashion. Uh, CZ, uh, it's, we'll 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 figure out how much of a chess move CZ was actually playing, or if he was just taking the opportunity as it was given to him. But uh, a feud, a very short feud between SBF and CZ that started on Monday has resulted in the a letter of intent being signed by Binance to acquire FTX um, as, a re as a result of perhaps, we do not know, but a under the table relationship between Alameda Research and customer deposits in FTX that caused weakness in FTX uh, and it was CZ that lit the match. Uh, so we're going to cover all these details, recap the last 48 hours in crypto, which some people are saying are crazier than the Luna debacle, even though the Luna debacle was pretty damn crazy. Some people are saying it's the craziest thing to happen all of the, all of this bear market. That's a big question, right? It's like with FTX, what happens when the thing, the entity that is bailing out other entities, I mean, they helped bail out BlockFi, they helped with some of the Voyager debt. Now they need a bailout? Is that right. what's going on? I mean, that is pretty massive. And just when I think, David, I can no longer be surprised in crypto. Wouldn't ever people tell, you know, tell me about things? I'm always like, yeah, hey, you can't surprise me. I've been in crypto for like five years. And it, it always goes back to like, uh, no, I, I just got surprised again yeah. today. Like I did not see this one coming. Yeah, uh, it's crazy that Ether, Bitcoin, Ether went down to like $800. Bitcoin went down to $15,000 or something. And that's not what triggered the destruction of Alameda. It's weird that we went down so low earlier and they made it through. Uh, but today of all days, this week of all week was the week when uh, the, the bubble finally popped for Alameda Research and, and FTX. Um, there's a lot of things that are still being speculated on. We're still waiting for facts to come out. Uh, it is alleged, the, the TLDR, that it is alleged that customer deposits in FTX were sent to Alameda Research. Alameda traded those customer deposits in an attempt to make money. They didn't. They didn't make money. Uh, and as a result, FTX became insolvent and stopped processing customer withdrawals. We don't know if that is true. We do know that FTX stopped processing customer withdrawals. We do not know if they actually did send money to Alameda Research, but there's all of the facts and all of the actions seem to line up with this speculation. Uh, and so we're going to go through that story as to why people are alleging that uh, less than good activity was, up to, uh, was going on at FTX that caused um, ultimately a run on the bank at FTX. Guys, uh, David and I are going to take you through all of the facts. We're going to take you through the timeline. We're going to show you some takes uh, and get into the details to see if we can put an uh, analysis on this as well. 
But before we do, we want to thank the sponsors that made this episode possible. Arbitrum One is pioneering the world of secure Ethereum scalability and is continuing to accelerate the Web3 landscape. Hundreds of projects have already deployed on Arbitrum One, producing flourishing DeFi and NFT ecosystems. With the recent addition of Arbitrum Nova, gaming and social dApps like Reddit are also now calling Arbitrum home. Both Arbitrum One and Nova leverage the security and decentralization of Ethereum and provide a builder experience that's intuitive, familiar, and fully EVM compatible. On Arbitrum, both builders and users will experience faster transaction speeds with significantly lower gas fees. With Arbitrum's recent migration to Arbitrum Nitro, it's also now 10 times faster than before. Visit Arbitrum.io where you can join the community, dive into the developer docs, bridge your assets, and start building your first dApp. With Arbitrum, experience Web3 development the way it was meant to be. Secure, fast, cheap, and friction-free. The Brave Wallet is your secure multi-chain on-ramp into Web3 and it's built directly into the Brave privacy browser. Gone are the days of managing multiple wallet extensions that put you at risk of phishing, spoofs, and tracking. With the Brave Wallet, you can securely manage your crypto assets across more than 100 different chains, including Ethereum, Layer 2s, Solana, and more, all without downloading risky extensions. The Brave Wallet is easy to set up and removes the headache of jumping between wallets and extensions. It's lightweight, but packed with great features like built-in token swaps, buying and holding NFTs with a gallery view, and support for hardware wallets. But also much more than that, because Brave is shipping new features every single month with a mission to make Web3 easier to navigate for its over 55 million users. Wallet extensions are a thing of the past. So get started with Brave's Web3 Ready browser today and experience a decentralized web seamlessly without all the clutter. You can download the browser at brave.com bankless and click the wallet icon to get started. Nexo is your financial hub for all your crypto needs. Nexo lets you buy crypto instantly with your credit or debit card or via bank transfer. They also have an awesome advanced trading platform called Nexo Pro that pays you rewards when you swap crypto assets. And Nexo also lets you earn interest on your crypto in Bitcoin, ETH, or other assets. And they also give you an instant crypto line of credit with as low as 0% APR. And they also give you access to a crypto-backed MasterCard of course, earning you more crypto when you use it. So enhance your financial life with Nexo, who ensures all credit lines are over collateralized with insurance on all custodial assets. Nexo, the right place for your crypto. So click the link in the show notes to join over 5 million users who are getting the most out of their crypto. Binance acquiring FTX, that is the question. It seems to be the case. We've got a bank run, possibly. We've got bailouts from CZ. We've got Binance coming to the rescue. There's a three bees there and of course this is bankless that you're watching we're going to cover everything that we we know from a timeline perspective there's going to be two parts uh to what we're doing today so the first part is david and i are going to go through a timeline and the takes to break this story down for you and how it unfolded uh and the takes hopefully we learn something from this episode as we've learned from every single episode uh event in crypto that has happened over the past uh, couple of years so we want to walk away with some lessons uh and then the second part of this is we're probably gonna ask some people in uh that we know in, in kind of the community to join us maybe for a conversation at the end i have no idea who those people are going to be it just all depends we're doing who's it available <laughs> doing it live uh david's got tweets out to like uh eric Voorhees and people like this so um we'll, we'll open up the conversation a bit later but first things first david we got to talk about this uh, incredible story, something that a lot of people didn't think could happen, including myself. I mentioned in the intro, I was surprised by this. It looks like FTX is on the brink, insolvent, needs a bailout. FTX, 
the second largest, maybe the largest in, by some measures uh, exchange in the US and certainly one of the top three, Binance, Coinbase and FTX. These are the, the world's largest crypto exchanges right now and FTX about to go bust. That's what it's looking like. Um, David, why don't we unpack this story by talking about some of the stakeholders, some of the entities and people involved, because the it players would be helpful. in the game of, of Thrones. Yeah, yeah, it'd be helpful, I think, to landscape. get some. Yeah. So, so you mentioned one, uh, Ala, Alameda, mm -hmm. Alameda Research. Uh, who is Alameda Research when we get to them and they're part of the story? What are these guys about? Yeah, so Alameda Research was SBF's first endeavor. I believe he SBF, started- SBF, Sam Bankman-Fried, right? Sam Bankman-Fried, yes, exactly. Uh, and so it was a trading firm. It is a trading firm. Uh, and has been trading since 2017, has done done very well for itself. Uh, SBF, Sam Bankman-Fried, uh, led Alameda until he started SBF, or excuse me, FTX. Uh, and so that, that this is where SBF really got his big claim to fame by starting Alameda Research. Um, I don't know why they call it research, uh, but it's a trading firm. Uh, they just trade. They do- Hedge funds. Yep, exactly. Uh, he deals- made a ton of money during the 2021 bull market and seemed to be one of the few trading firms, hedge funds that were able to survive up until this point. Uh, it survived Three Hours Capital. It survived the Luna debacle. Uh, but I guess perhaps it's time has come. Uh, anyways, they, they've been around for a while. Uh, so that's, that, that's Alameda. And then, so how are they linked to this other entity that is also um, owned by, controlled by primarily... Uh, Sam Bankman-Fried, that is FT, uh, uh, that is uh, SBF, the entity FTX. That's the exchange. Are Alameda and FTX? They're separate entities, are they not? But how does uh, FTX enter this story? Yeah, it's really just association through Sam Bankman-Fried. So in no November of 2017, SBF founded Alameda Research. Uh, he later founded FTX. Uh, uh, he founded FTX in when was that? I think uh, 2018. Uh, and so started started with Alameda, then created FTX. As FTX became the bigger organization, uh, he distanced himself from Alameda and mainly focused on FTX. However, there's always been this loose, unofficial association between Alameda Research and, and FTX. Um, and so uh, Alameda Research would market make on the FTX exchange. And so there was a significant overlap between the assets, just overall the social connections between Alameda and FTX. One of the reasons why FTX became such a dominant place to trade is because they got early liquidity. And a lot of that early liquidity came because of the relationship to Alameda Research. The form, I don't think the relationship was really codified or formalized. It's just there's this guy, SBF, he's at the head of both of them. He can kind of steer both ships at once. We don't really know how much, uh, how much symbiosis, synergy between these two things he really leveraged, but we do know that there was overlap, there was association. Uh, basically, all of Alameda's uh, assets they would hold in FTX and they would trade on FTX and they would just prop up the support of FTX as a marketplace. So there may have been some co-mingling between these two entities, but one is clearly an exchange, the other is a hedge fund, all sort of led, directed, uh, founded, co-founded by this figure, SBF, Sam Bankman-Fried. Maybe a bit of background on Sam Bankman-Fried. So is he like the world's youngest multi-billionaire? Yeah, well, uh, maybe not anymore, but he once okay, was. Okay, but like prior to this, like by right. reputation, effective altruism was the thing. He planned to give away 99% of, uh, of his wealth uh, that is, give that away to altruism, not uh, not watch it drop to zero. Different things. 
um, but um, very successful kind of figure in the crypto space, kind of rising star. And it, it was an incredible story how FTX kind of, I mean, st he started an exchange in 2018. A lot Excuse of people me, two, thought that 2019, was- 2019, April 2019, 2019 yeah. That's even later. So yep. uh, well, Gemini and Coinbase and Kraken and Binance were already established. He had the audacity to start an exchange in 2019 and rocketed that exchange yeah. to growth. So quite an impressive figure. You, you guys may have seen him on a recent Bankless live stream where we we're talking about crypto regulation with Eric Voorhees. He had kind of a different take from Eric Voorhees, um, but he's in, been involved in the, the regulatory, the DC regulatory scene. So that is on one side, we've got Alameda, uh, hedge fund we've got ftx exchange and we've got sbf at the center in our other corner we <laughs> the have their corner we have binance all right the kingdom of binance who, who is binance and uh, talk a little bit about um, binance's leader cz you know in the same way ftx just rocketed in 2020 and 2021 binance had that same story in 2017 binance was my first exchange back in the ICO days of, of Ethereum. It was a, a, an exchange, I believe it started out of China, but quickly became more supranational. I don't really think it's domiciled anywhere in particular. I think it does have a base in Singapore, but it's really all across the world. Um, it's, the, it's the most decentralized, centralized company of all time. Um, started by CZ, who I believe used to work at OKCoin, uh, or another different, another another exchange, and then CZ decided to make Binance, uh, and uh, just Binance just saw gangbuster success in 2017 uh, by being the place to launch ICOs, get ICO liquidity. Uh, the user experience was great. I remember using it all the time in 2017 to 2018, uh, and it has just turned into a gargantuan empire in the East. It has it is the dominant crypto exchange by legitimate volume. I think Binance is somewhere between like 75 to 80% of all. Particularly outside the U.S. I mean, it just dominates, yes, right. right? Yeah. Uh, and it, it got there because for the longest time, you did not need to do KYC on Binance. Uh, and so it was kind of kind of pushing the, the into the gray area legally. Um, but just as by and large, by far the most massive gargantuan beast of a centralized exchange that's in the room, even compared to Coinbase, even compared to FTX. Uh, and it's been around for a while. Uh, and so like not only, of course, we all know Binance Smart Chain is one of its projects. Uh, there's many other affiliate uh, products out of the Binance ecosystem. Uh, they have some of the most adoption in uh, the developing world in, in Africa, in, in South America. Um, highly just massive. Uh, and so these are the two players. You got CZ and Binance. You got FB, SBF and FTX. Um, yeah. Last thing uh, we'll say in introducing kind of names and definitions, there are also two assets coming from each of the, these kingdoms. So we've got the SBF kingdom with an asset called FTT behind it. And then we've got from the Binance kingdom, CZ's corner, BNB, a different asset. How are these uh, assets similar and what's their link to their the respective uh, exchanges and empires? You might call these things pseudo equity. They have no re uh, legal connection to these exchanges. They are not claims on equity or ownership. They unlock services uh, inside of the exchange. Uh, so if you own FTT in your FTX account, you get reduction in fees when you trade. You can open up uh, stronger services. Uh, same thing with BNB. Uh, if you, it's it's the 
it's the token, it's the access token that you know makes perks happen on the exchange. BNB is also special in that it is also the staking coin for Binance Smart Chain for BNB Chain. Uh, so it's got that extra ecosystem. But uh, uh, it seems to be a lot of exchanges other than Coinbase seem to launch these pseudo equity tokens that just enhance your powers on the exchanges. And they come to be associated with the value of the exchange itself. Uh, and so when we see these token prices go up and down, it's kind of the public opinion on like, how much is this exchange worth? Um, these are very relevant, especially FTT. The FTT token of, of FTX is a very significant player in this story. It's one of the big pieces of ammo that these exchanges, that these billionaires have to throw at each other to uh, engage in billionaire economic war games. They're, they're really tethered to the fates of their respective empires. Uh, so we'll get into some pricing conversations. Okay, definitions aside, and we've gotten that out of the way. Hopefully you know the players. We've got these two opposing uh, crypto banker empires. Now let's talk about the timeline, David. Timeline of events. Take us back, if you will, to uh, November 2nd. I think our timeline events probably it goes from November 2nd to, to November 8th, which is today when we're recording. Right. I'm sure there's more coming. There's I'm gonna sure be there's, more by the time we're done here. We're, this is an unfinished episode. There's plenty more to talk about, but um, I think we've seen some major milestones and events take place during the course of uh, you know this last week or so. But take us back to the start, November 2nd, uh, SBF, talking a lot about regulation. This actually ties into a little bit of a, you know, uh, the bankless story. Uh, we played a minor role in this as well, but what are we looking at? What tweet are we looking at here? So, yeah, so this is, this is pre-November 2nd. The bulk of this story started on November 2nd, but the context for this starts with Sam Bankman-Fried, his uh, DCCPA bill, uh, and also the bankless episode of SBF versus uh, Eric Voorhees at public debate. Really, it's Sam Bankman-Fried going to D.C. and lobbying for things that seem to really benefit FTX in particular. Uh, and so that was kind of the concern and the claim that not, not CZ, but all of the industry was concerned that Sam was doing. He was going, to, uh, he was going to, to D.C. to lobby for regulation that would primarily benefit FTX to the loss of any other competitor. So that is the context. That is the background. And uh, we all know that the Bankless episode with uh, SPF and, and Eric Voorhees that really accelerated this conversation into the mainstream. This is, this is the background. Uh, so this, while this story starts, this specific story of what we're talking about today starts with November 2nd, a Coindesk report. Uh, the context of what SPF is doing in DC is extremely important to keep in mind as we go through this story. So let's fast forward to uh, more recent times, November 2nd, that was last week. Uh, a report comes out of Coindesk that states that, uh, that leaks the Alameda balance sheet. Uh, and so this, uh, this leaked document discloses a lot of what's on Alameda's balance sheet. And this perks the attention of uh, a lot of people in the crypto industry. There was some conversation, some back and forth. Some people were saying this report's not that big of a deal. Some, report, some people were saying this report's massive. Um, basically, a quote from the document says, Coindesk claims to have reviewed a private financial document, which shows that on June 30th, Alameda had $14.6 billion in assets, $3.6 billion was unlocked FTT, and $2.6 billion of that was FTT collateral against $8 billion in liabilities. Uh, that's not too much information. So if you take $14.6 billion in assets and, and subtract $8 billion of liabilities, you'll get something like six point or $7.4 billion in assets that they have. So positive $7.4 billion. But 
3.6 billion of that is FTT tokens. 2.6, an additional to that is FTT collateral. So that's that's uh, 6.2 billion right there. Yes, and so in the FTT, the, concern, the value of their own tokens. Exactly. The concern is that so not their own tokens. Alameda Research. This is Alameda Research. Sure, not their own. Not tokens. their own tokens. Alameda Tika, Alameda Tika, uh, Alameda Research had a bunch of its total balance sheet was this FTT token. Well, that's so, already a tie there. That's already massive amounts of commingling between the organizations. Is it yes, not? a huge tie, massive tie. Um, but like anyone can, anyone can own FTT. I can own FTT. You can own FTT. Um, you'll own a little bit less in value today. Um, <laughs> but uh, the concern is that FTT is not that liquid. Owning billion do- billions of dollars of FTT tokens does not f- should not feel good and secure because you will not be able to liquidate a billion dollars of FTT tokens. There's not enough liquidity there to support that. And we're watching this happen. I'm looking at the FTT chart. We'll get there later. Uh, <laughs> there's a lot billion. Let me tell you, Ryan. Billions of dollars have left uh, the FTT ecosystem. But, but even if you just add that up, we got 14.6 billion in assets. Eight eight billion in liabilities, but if you subtract like the the six point two from the fourteen point six, mm-hmm. right, we're already at like just over eight billion, which kind of matches the amount of liabilities. It doesn't seem like there's much room there in the balance sheet for anything. That does not indicate yeah. like a, a, a that's not a, <laughs> a strong statement of solvency. Yes, but I guess I guess this is not FTX. We should remember this, this is, is just Alameda. Alameda Research. So that thing could go to zero, yep. and presumably shouldn't affect ftx at all presumably presumably Presum- yes okay um and this is this is what the twitter conversation again this was on november 2nd so this was six days ago this was last week and so up to this point this was just mere twitter conversation i was kind of expecting it to die off uh, i kind of expected it to turn into a nothing burger but why um just because i mean they it, survived so far alameda research they're a hedge fund they don't have customer deposits that they have to honor they're just a hedge right. fund hedge funds can blow up that's fine um yeah. so long as there's no contagion um but uh as we learned um we'll get into that um, <laughs> we do we did know of course spf did have close ties to the trading firm but overall this 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 report started to peak uh get people peaked as to whether or not FTX would be caught up in any sort of Alameda-related contagion. Uh, So if the big question was, could Alameda go under and FTX be okay? And the problem was, no one knew the answer to that question. Uh, Dylan uh, LeClaire uh, did a a deeper dive on the balance sheet, uh, and the balance sheet gets uh, even unhealthier the more we unpacked it. Uh, So he said... Other significant assets on the balance sheet include uh, 13, uh, 3.37 billion of crypto held and a large amount of Solana's blockchain native token, 2.292 million dollars. Over a billion in in Solana. In Solana, right? Uh, again, like not liquid, decently liquid, still not super liquid. And again, a lot of that is locked. Uh, so actually, technically, some of that is very, very illiquid, as in. Alameda would not be able to access that. So Alameda is already feeling the squeeze. And it's also worth noting that DeFi apps like Abracadabra uh, had $100 million in FTT collateral as well. So that's what Ryan is showing on the screen here. The point is, is that FTT was in a very precarious position, as in Alameda was using it as collateral to backstop a lot of their loans. Uh, And so... Why? Yeah. Yeah, well, but that's because that's they had they had those that's assets had. on hand. That's what they had, uh, okay. and so of the eight billion dollars that um, Alameda had as li- liabilities, seven point four billion of that were loans, presumably U.S. dollar denominated loans. Oof. Wait, wait, run that by me again. 
uh, so I, this is uh, reading in the CoinDesk report. So there are more FTX uh, tokens among its $8 billion of liabilities, $292 million of locked liabilities. Uh, the liabilities are denominated by $7.4 billion of loans. Uh, wow. If it's U.S. dollar loans, that's bad. Uh, if it's crypto asset loans, that's a little bit better because those things uh, move price in tandem. But if they're dollar loans, they have dollar loans, but FTT collateral and FTT collateral goes down. That's bad. And this is why this is why we brought up Abercadabra also having $100 million in FTT collateral. A lot of people are using FTT as collateral to backstop loans. That is precarious, especially for Alameda Research, who has billions of dollars of FTT as collateral. Again, $2.6 billion in FTT collateral. Oof. Okay. Uh, so so Alameda is not looking good. Yep. I mean, some people dismissed that as FUD last right. week. Others were saying, hey, this could also have an effect, ripple effects on FTX, given how close these entities are mm -hmm. together. But but people were dismissing that as FUD. That was, that was last week. So that last report week. came out November 2nd. Now we can fast forward to uh, November 6th. Mm -hmm. That was, uh, I guess, Sunday uh, when things started heating up a little bit more over the weekend. Uh, what is this tweet that we have displayed? So this is the Alameda CEO who tweets out uh, a few notes on the balance sheet. <laughs> if you uh, are a hedge fund manager and you have to tweet out about the state of your balance sheet, we're already not off to a great start. Uh, <laughs> a few notes on the balance sheet info that has been circulating recently. The specific balance sheet is for a subset of our corporate entities. We have over $10 billion of assets that aren't reflected there. The balance sheet breaks out a few of our biggest long positions. We obviously have hedges that aren't listed. Given the type of tight, uh, tightening in crypto credit spaces here, we've returned most of our loans by now. Basically saying we're totally solvent. Uh, we have more assets that are off the books that aren't listed there, but like it was we're, we're good. Don't worry yeah, about good. it. It's, it's fun. We're Just good. Point desk article, yeah. whatever. Um, uh, a lot of people... Uh, this, this allegedly reminded a lot of people of Do Kwon saying, uh, <laughs> uh, what, what do you say? Steady lads deploying more capital. Uh, it was a, it, and also Alex Mashinsky did the same thing. He's like, Celsius is totally solvent. We're totally good. Like everything is FUD. But you, ha um, you have, I'm not saying you have to. I mean, you could be honest with people, but like if you are in the midst of insolvency or some sort of bank run, right? Mm -hmm. You have to project confidence. You have to project strength, which is why this is always the strategy employed by by those who are trying to uh, fend off some kind of a bank run uh but but um when did cz enter the story here because i feel like it was the same day yeah so that that is uh yeah that's where we're, that's where we're going next so this alameda ceo tweeted this out at 9 30 a.m on november 6 on sunday that hey everything is fud uh we're good uh don't worry about our balance sheet um, an hour and 13 minutes later at 1047, 12 minutes later, uh, CZ says <laughs> he's going to liquidate $2.1 billion of FTT. Now, first, how did CZ and Binance get their hands on $2.1 billion of FTT? I'm so glad you asked. Uh, Binance is actually an early investor in FTX. So Binance invested in FTX. So they own FTX equity. And as a result of that, also got a bunch of FTT tokens. Uh, and so since FTT has, the price of FTT has actually done pretty damn good, pretty damn well, uh, they had $2.1 billion of FTT. CZ says, due to recent revelations that have come to light, he's talking about the Alameda report in Coindesk, we have decided to liquidate any remaining FTT on our books. Uh, and so he says, we will do so in a way that will minimize market impact due to market conditions and limited liquidity. We expect this to take a couple months to complete. Uh, FTT at the time was trading 25, 27, 28 dollars. Um, 
Uh, Binance has always encouraged collaboration between industry players regarding any speculation as to whether this is a move against a competitor. It is not. Our industry is in its nascency, and every time a project publicly fails, it hurts every user and platform. Saying, hey, uh, we're, we're liquidating FTT. Uh, it's not a play against FTX. Uh, we just have a bunch of FTT on the balance sheet, and the precarious nature of FTT makes us want to re remove that for uh, remove that from our balance sheet. Uh, he finished just saying, we typically hold tokens for the long term. We have told, held onto this token for this long. We'll stay transparent in our actions. Um, so there, one, one part of CZ is, is saying, hey, I'm just being responsible and I'm liquidating this thing that's precarious. Other people who are uh, assuming that CZ is more of a shark than he's letting on is like he is publicly stating he is dumping $2.1 billion of FTT on an asset that he knows does not have $2.1 worth of liquidity. Uh, da David, isn't that obviously what it is? I mean, coming from CZ, who is someone who is generally kind of diplomatic uh, and knows exactly what he's doing, definitely a strategic thinking thinker, the timing of this, the communication style, right? And, and by the way, we'll read some subsequent uh, right. tweets as well, so you can kind of decide. But publicly saying you're going to dump $2.1 billion uh, and then saying things like, we typically hold tokens for the long run. We've held this token for a long time. We're just trying to stay uh, transparent, this sort of thing. I feel like CZ knew exactly what he was doing here. And this was like a, a mob boss, mafia style, Game of Thrones yep. power move yep. to like check a competitor. Now, he was obviously phrasing it saying, this is just normal course of business. Right. But the timing of it, right? Timing of he didn't it, yeah. have to tweet it. He didn't have to be public about this. He didn't have to time it as such. This looks to me like it was all very uh, strategic. Um, but I guess maybe some people still doubt that. I, <laughs> I think that is a perfectly fair take. Okay. Um, especially the the raw number that is in the first line of the first tweet, 2.1 billion. Like if yes. you're gonna if you're gonna liquidate 2.1 billion of something, like you don't disclose that if you're trying to optimize for the price. If you totally. are, if you're trying to optimize for being front run by other people, you disclose that you are going to market sell $2.1 billion. If you want to cause a panic, you tweet that you are going to sell $2.1 billion. Uh, and so I think it's, it's a, a fair assumption to say that TZ was using these, this tweet as, uh, as leverage. Um, here's some back and forth too. Somebody asked him in this thread, by the way, I think this thread will be kind of Legendary, legendary in terms yeah. of uh the the annals of Christ, of crypto history where yeah. it's just kind of precipitated the downfall of kind of uh, an enemy or a competitor uh someone asked him if you don't mind me asking if the tokens weren't locked why'd you wait until this long to sell issue with ftx or liquidity providing during the bear cz goes not locked we usually just hold it removes any doubt that we would attack a competitor not financially sensitive uh sensible we want the industry to go together but there is a limit to hold comma lol i've allowed <laughs> Uh, yeah. So he's kind of saying, look, this is normal course of business. There's, but we're not going to hold on tokens forever. Right. Uh, so he's kind of playing that game back and forth. Um, what's this tweet? That I, th I think that, that the end of that line, there is a limit to hold LOL is important because I he's, what he's implying is that Sam SBF has crossed a line with Alameda is using FTT as collateral, uh, and we'll also get into other, some other things as well. He's, he's implying that there is a limit to what uh, Binance and, and CZ will go up to before they are feel like they must be compelled to sell FTT. So that's what he meant by that. So he is saying, he is implying, he is hinting that maybe Sam SBF, crossed FTX crossed a line somewhere. Yes, correct. Yeah.
Uh, so back to the CEO of Alameda. She goes, if you're looking to minimize the impact of the market price on your FTT sales, Alameda will happily buy it from you all today at $22. Uh, and you'll notice Anthony Cesano's tweet below that saying, that's a reply to CZ. It's a reply to CZ. That. Well, that's a new tweet to CZ. Yes. She's just saying, hey, mention it to CZ. Anthony Cesano going, Doquan, is that you? Uh, and this is actually what I meant uh, earlier. Uh, this was actually the tweet that people were referencing saying, uh, you need to project uh, sign like a, an air of strength uh, because if FTT price goes down seemingly below $22, that's really bad news of uh, for Alameda because they have so much of their capital locked up in FTT. So reminds me of something is the take here. Uh, feels a little bit Doquan-ish. What is yeah. this from Dylan LeClaire? Dylan LeClaire again with a great, great uh, graphic. Uh, he tweets out, deploying more capital, steady lads. Again, the, the famous uh, the famous Doquan uh, meme. Uh, and what we're just seeing- just months, months previous. I mean, was yeah. that like six months yeah. ago uh -huh. this happened? So the, the top line is the volume uh, of FTT. And you can see that volume just taking a, a new all-time highs. Well, I guess since like October. So the volume's going up, big volume going up. Uh, and then on the bottom, you see price going down. Uh, so selling pressure is significant. We are at that $22 threshold. Uh, that $22 number seems to be important because that's what Al the Alameda CEO said that they'll buy it all at. Uh, so this, this $22 number becomes like kind of a meme line. Uh, and so you, you can see it starting to like ram into that $22 level. So it's being defended. This uh, Alameda Research is buying uh, uh, FTT in bulk with their remaining funds on FTX. Um, uh, but if you look at the price of FTT now, you know that that, that didn't last. Uh, that again, 22 did not last. Did but not this, last. Is, this is Alameda trying to hold the line here yes. at $22. Exactly. exactly. Wow. Yeah. So now it's just a, kind of a, a, a game, mm -hmm. a bank run game, I guess, back and forth. What is uh, the CZ tweet that we're looking at? Yeah, back to CZ being very publicly dog whistling about his intentions. Uh, he says, liquidating our FTT is just post-exit risk management learning from luna so we're, wow yes so we are uh, liquidating our ftt because they they made money on ftx they made an investment that f that investment became liquid and now they are m doing risk management and liquidating some of their successful investments learning from luna as that in is such a triggering <laughs> word so for people savage. Like Kurt, yeah we gave support before CZ continues, but we won't pretend to make love after divorce. We are not against anyone, but we won't support people who lobby against other industry players behind their backs onwards. So this is what I was saying earlier when uh, CZ is claiming that SPF crossed a line. We won't support people who lobby against other industry players behind our backs onwards. And this is why we started the show with the context of SBF going to DC to lobby for regulation that seemingly really supports FTX and kind of throws everyone else under the bus. CZ is calling on the whole industry with this. Yes. Everyone who's against Sam's uh, like legislative views as well should pile into this. That's what he's yes. saying. And this is quite the escalation. So this is hours later mm -hmm. from that 10, 1030 AM tweet where he was yep. saying, hey, normal course of business. We, we don't hold tokens forever. We're just you know selling some tokens. Now this looks like a clear escalation. Yes. Learning from a Luna? Learning from Luna. Biggest dog whistle of all time. Because what, what, what does that do? That just puts Luna into the minds of everyone. Yes. And for, for, for me, Ryan, I don't have any money in FTX, so I don't really feel too scared. But if imagine, Ryan, if you are 
uh, somebody who uses FTX that you Oh, have. I'm getting out. You I'm, are, I mean, right. Like, on the back of Celsius, because on the back of CZ Voyager. Because is learned from Luna and it doesn't. And so people get fearful, especially when we know that runs on the banks happen. That's what Luna was, basically a big run on the bank. So he just invoked fear into the minds of anyone who has money inside of FTX. Yes. Yeah. I mean, lest you had any doubt from the from the ten o'clock or ten thirty uh, tweet from from that morning, this is fully knives out. This yes. is like, yes. you know, we're we're coming for you, stab in the back, mm -hmm. like like we. This is this is blood right here. Right. So if you are a centralized exchange operator, the biggest insult that you could have invoked upon you is being compared to Terra Luna, a quasi scheme. Oh yeah, a quasi scheme. Nice. Uh, and so they actually start, Binance CZ starts to move FTT tokens on chain to Binance, their own exchange, to liquidate. And so <laughs> this is, in hindsight, this is crazy. <laughs> so this is a, a, bot, a bot Twitter account that says um, 23 million FTT tokens, which are 584,000, uh, excuse me, $584 million transferred to Binance. CZ then retweets it and says, yes, this is part of it. And again, he, he started off saying, we're just being fully transparent. We're being super transparent. This is us being transparent. Uh, we're so, so transparent. Like, yeah, I bet you are, CC. You're trying to nuke the price of FTT. Um, yeah. uh, well, so, what are we looking at here, Dave? So this is, not, this is not the current price of FTT. This is a, a screenshot of an older price of FTT. Uh, this was at the moment that uh, the, the transfer to uh, Binance was made. Uh, this is, uh, I think, maybe got 12 more hours of data from the last time we looked at the FTT chart. Uh, and it's just ramming into that $22 number over. Over and over and over again. Um, well, again, we're saving the current FTT chart for later in the show, so stay tuned. Um, but <laughs> just... FTT just not looking good. Um, here's a tweet from the Data Nerd. It says, uh, actually, if you scroll up, Ryan, uh, yeah, Alameda Research is sending stable coins to FTX in size. Just 15 minutes ago, they received 56 million USDC and then deposited that into FTX within the last 24 hours. They have sent a total of $257 million Alameda Research to FTX. Uh, and then if you scroll down to that, that next tweet. Uh, meanwhile, the stablecoin outflow from FTX is the largest among all exchanges in the last seven days, down $300 million to a balance of $261 million, excluding FTX US. Uh, if we exclude the inflow from Alameda, I'm sure the number would get much uglier. And then, Ryan, this is where a very important nuance comes in. Alameda Research is not sending stablecoins to their FTX account. They are not like you and me when you send money to Coinbase or Gemini. They're not sending stablecoins into their own accounts. Okay. They are sending it to Alameda or excuse, Alameda is sending it to FTX because FTX is needing to facilitate user withdrawals. What? And they're sending it to the, uh, to the hot wallet, to the FTX hot wallet, so that there's enough money to facilitate user withdrawals. But I thought these entities were separate, not commingled, independent. But... Alameda Research sent money on chain to FTX to the wallet that FTX was using to facilitate user withdrawals. This is crazy. So what's happening is that's what Alameda is doing is it's trying to kind of, I guess, bolster reserves into FTX. Seemingly, Meanwhile, seemingly you would think that FTX uh, has uh, has deposits in Alameda, as in they sent Alameda money once, and now they are recalling that money so that yeah. they can facilitate user withdrawals. And Alameda is sending them the last of their stable coins uh, because it's FTX's money. 
And by the way, uh, allegedly, says, allegedly, this we're just seeing this on chain. We need more. This is the thing that the entire industry is speculating on. Well, that, what's crazy about this? What's crazy about this is you can see s s all of this on chain, right? Yes. I mean, we're watching a bank run unfold mm -hmm. in an in immutable ledger on on chain publicly with the conversation among these crypto bankers happening over Twitter. It's just crazy. Like, uh, I mean, this doesn't happen in traditional finance. And meanwhile, that that dog whistle, that bank run that you're talking about, um, that's what this looks like. FTX getting its account drained by customers. We're like, I don't want, I don't want to keep my money there. I'm going to exit. I saw what happened to Celsius. I, you know, I know what happened with Luna and Voyager and all of these uh, examples, and I'm getting out of there before something breaks right. uh, and I can't get my money back. So that all happened on Sunday, November 6th. Well, take us to uh, Monday, November 7th. So uh, <laughs> I guess the start of the business week here, uh, SBF comes out with his own tweet that morning. I remember I, I woke up and I read this, uh, but this is SBF's response. David, what does he say? Uh, he starts off the tweet thread saying, a competitor is trying to go after us with false rumors. FTX is fine, assets are fine, details to follow. Uh, and so then he makes a thread of details. Uh, and he says, FTX has enough to cover all clients' holdings. We don't invest client assets, even in treasuries. We have been processing all withdrawals and will continue to process all withdrawals. Some details on withdrawal speeds. Um, and then there's some update about how, why withdrawal speeds are slower. Uh, and then it continues and says, it's heavily regulated. Even when that slows us down, we have GAAP audits. I'm assuming that's some standard. With a that's gap accounting, yeah. Uh, I'm with over a billion dollars of excess cash. We have a long history of safeguarding clients' assets and that remains true today. Uh, and then concludes, I love it. CZ Binance, if we could work together for the ecosystem. Interesting, interesting tie-off tweet. I love it, CZ, if we could work together for the ecosystem. Please uh, help me. Is that what that was? Help. <laughs> help, please <laughs> stop. Um, uh, and, and so, uh, and then the, 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 I saw this tweet, and then where, where I saw this tweet, Ryan, was interesting. This is Patrick Hillman, who I'm actually not familiar who he who he is, but he tweets out, let's be clear, Binance did not, one, define uh, FBS's stance on DCCPA, as in did not, what Binance did not do is help F SBF and FTX create the DCCPA. What's uh, the DCCPA? For that people is who... the regulation, the law that we are still waiting to get the details of that is in Capitol Hill being drafted that we are worried uh, goes after DeFi and really just instantiates FTX in ways that uh, is Centralized like, exchanges maybe right. more generally, right? Yes, perhaps, perhaps, yes. Uh, and so... So this Patrick Hillman guy is saying, hey, Binance didn't do that. Uh, also, Binance didn't debate Eric Voorhees on the merit of FTX's stance on the DCCPA. Binance did not get into shitpost Twitter fights with KOLs, nor did they manage to leak Alameda's balance sheet or write the Coindex story about Alameda's balance sheet or fail to address the concerns around FTT. So Binance is just not taking part on all of these things. You know where I found this uh, tweet, Ryan? Where? Uh, CZ retweeted it. CZ retweeted this. CZ retweeted this. Yeah. So this this person is making the claim that uh, don't blame Binance because people at this don't blame Binance. Yeah. People at this uh, point were coming to Sam's defense. I think SBF's defense after especially, uh, you know, Sam said, "Look, assets are fine. FTX is fine, and I'd rather CZ be collaborative and work together for the ecosystem." So people piled on and said, "You know, CZ, you're knocking uh, a competitor when they're down. You're spreading fud. You're trying to cause a, a bank run. This is bad for our industry." And this person is, I guess, coming to Binance's defense and saying, hey, you got to you got to basically like, make saying, SBF and FTX hold them accountable for some of their actions and, and the reason why Binance sold. He's basically saying SBF and FTX dug their own grave 
And all CZ did was like, all right, get in. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know. And so, so that's where the take was like, I uh -huh. guess yesterday yes. and Bankless put together an article about this. And this was like a battle of the billionaires. Mm -hmm. I saw a lot of uh, crypto publications talking yeah. about kind of like Very, knives uh, out in crypto yeah. drama between CZ and SBF, mm -hmm. right? This kind of like scene of like, uh, is that Donald Trump, by the way? WWF wrestlers oh God, it is. <laughs> uh, writing. Yeah, it's Vince McMahon and Donald Trump like punching each other. That's mm -hmm. kind of where things fell on mm -hmm. Monday. So people didn't think that um, there was, I, I think very few people thought there was the possibility that that this could actually take FTX down as early as, as, early as yesterday. But the story has uh, continued to unfold, which I guess brings us to, uh, brings us to November today. 7th. Yes. Okay. So this was uh, the FTT pr uh, price uh, last night. Uh, so last night, FTT broke down before $22 after like pounding up against the $22 threshold for almost 24 hours. Uh, broke, breaks down and immediately drops to $16, hits a low of uh, $15, and starts to find a, find a new floor between $15 and, and, and $17. Um, this, Ryan, might be the moment that Alameda Research officially became, officially became insolvent. Because 22 didn't hold. Very 20, publicly, 20, they said, hold, yeah. we'll buy all FTT. Right. And they, under need, 22. they needed FTT to be above a certain number. Is that number 22? Uh, well, it was the number that was being defended across markets by significant a significant capitalized player, and then it fell, and then it fell down. Uh, so this might be the moment yesterday, about 24 hours ago, this might be the moment that Alameda fish, officially went from running on fumes to being completely insolvent. Um, no, will, more, no more ammo. We, we couldn't fight this. We, we can only assume. Uh, I'm sure the truth will eventually come to fruition. Uh, but if we are just kind of inferring Based off all of these dots, this would be the conclusion that this was the moment that F, uh, Alameda uh, went to zero. I mean, ju judging by how fast this timeline has moved, it won't take long, I think, for us to, f for us to find this out. Uh, but then what happened to FTX the exchange? Yeah, so that was this morning. Uh, no, that was last night. This morning, uh, the block, a researcher, a news journalist at the block, uh, tweeted out that uh, it seems to be that FTX stopped processing withdrawals three hours ago according to on-chain data, as in no one, no uh, outbound FTX withdrawal has been seen in three hours. And that, when was that? That was at 8.53 a.m. So starting around, and this is Eastern time. Uh, so starting around like uh, 6 a.m.-ish, uh, FTX stopped processing user withdrawals. There seemed to be some confusion. Uh, and so the same Doug Toshi, Stephen, uh, they says, as the block started writing and publishing the story, the, th the withdrawal started ramping up again. Turns out that was actually a mistake. Uh, they just mixed uh, inbounds for outbounds. Uh, so inbound money were still coming in, but outbounds still not being processed. So uh, yes, uh, just kidding. Withdrawals had not been processed. So FTX officially, Ryan, and, and I don't think anyone has seen a withdrawal since about 6 a.m. this morning from F FTX Eastern Time. Well, that's when things get really scary yes. because we're beyond a hedge fund blowing up right. because at the end of the day, that's investor money. It's, right. it's highly risky. Who cares? Now we're talking about FTX customer deposits. Not being US, there. Not being there, not being able to withdraw. Like, I don't know if the money's there. And like, this just happened to us mm. in crypto. It's Celsius. Right. It's like, I mean, people still have money there. It, they're never going to get it back out. Uh, this is all fresh in our minds, uh, and that's what started to happen this morning.
what is uh what is this tweet uh yeah this is just the summary tweet which i thought was pretty funny uh (laughs) number one ftx appears to have stopped processing customer withdrawals on-chain data shows uh then uh ftx started processing withdrawals again after we published uh and then the third one uh the block never mind withdrawals not being processed oh my god Uh, wow that's pretty funny uh, so this is the TLDR uh, says uh, the, the, the block team st- saw FTX stop processing withdrawals on Ethereum, went to confirm on Solana and Tron, published a story, saw withdrawals being processed, panicked. Uh, people smarter than me confirmed it was only movements to approve tokens. Uh, no panic and get clout. Anyways, whatever. You got to um, collect your clout. Got to collect your clout. Uh, and then, now this is SBF finally SBF weighing has been in silent. on silent, Silent all morning. Uh, silent for a while. Uh, and then finally... And this is the drum roll moment. Finally speaks. Uh, and when was this tweet? Uh, this was tweet was at, uh, at 11, November 8th. Yes, 11.03 a.m. So about five hours of FTX basically running out of money to process customer withdrawals. And he goes... At that, at that point, the gig is up. Like, it's, it's you know. over, right? Once you know that an exchange, which an exchange, Ryan, as you know, should always have customer deposits. They never should lose customer deposits if they are just being normal. Customers come and deposit money, they trade with that money with other customers, and so the, there's no one, it's impossible to lose money. So if, if you see an exchange not facilitating withdrawals, it's because it means that they went and did something with that money and now they don't have that money anymore. It's, it's, it's like a bank. I mean, if like you go to the bank and you're like, hey, can I have my money? And they say, no, we don't have your money. It's not here. You can't withdraw. And Come back gone. tomorrow. <laughs> right? Like you can't, um, then that rumor spreads mm-hmm. and you get more and more people trying to withdraw their money and that escalates. So he had to say something at that point. That was kind of the pressure that SBF was was on at 11 a.m. Mm-hmm. this morning. So what does he say? Well, it's also how we know that FTX was up to some shenanigans. What are those shenanigans? I don't know. But why was Alameda transferring FTX money directly to their hot wallet? That is a data point that is now people are speculating on. Uh, so SPF says, hey, all, I have a few announcements to make. Yeah, I bet you Super do. Super friendly sounding. I bet you do. <laughs> hey, all. Hey, what's up? <laughs> Things have come full circle, and FTX's first and last investors are the same, uh, which is the punchline. We have come to an agreement on a strategic transaction <laughs> with Binance for FTX.com, pending due diligence, et cetera. So that's, that's my drop. What does that mean? That means the FTX's first and last investors are the same. He kind of says it without saying it. FTX just bought Binance is what he's saying. The last, Reverse that. The last Binance just bought excuse, FTX. Excuse me. Yes. Yeah. Are the same. Uh, so F- Binance seeded FTX with capital. Uh, now they are buying FTX. Uh, so Sam continues and says, um, our team is working on clearing out the withdrawal backlog as is. This will clear out liquidity crunches. All assets will be covered one-to-one. This is one of the main reasons why we've asked Binance to come in. It may take a bit to settle. We apologize for that. But the important thing is that customers are protected. A huge thank you to CZ, Binance, and all of our supporters. This has been a user-centric development that benefits the entire industry. CZ has done and will continue to do an incredible job of building out global crypto ecosystem, creating a freer economic world. Uh, I know there has been rumors of in media of conflict between our two exchanges. However, Binance has shown time and again that they are committed to a more decentralized global economy while working to improve industry regulations. Industry relations with regulators will be on their best of hands. Uh, Ryan, this doesn't sound like SPF. This sounds like a PR person. Oh, this sounds like someone who's just bent the knee for yes. sure. I mean, this is somebody who is desperate, needed uh, some cash 
for those withdrawals and just needed to make a deal with CZ. Uh, I mean, yeah, this is a, a different SBF right. uh, coming out. Like, that's crazy how quickly this happened. Yeah. And you have to wonder, so did CZ know that this was a possibility and inevitability when he tweeted, when he started tweeting about this on Sunday? Right. Did he was create this like the, the opportunity that he then took intentionally and knowingly? I don't think we'll ever know that, ain't Ryan. Well, I mean, I I know one thing is like, uh, do not cross CZ. GG. <laughs> GG CZ. Wow. Crazy. And this is this is Sam Bankman Fried, who is right. I would say one of the top three crypto bank like there's crypto SBF, bankers. there's Brian Armstrong, and there's CZ. I mean, these are kind of the three. And SBF seemed like it was a legitimate uh competitor to Binance. And now uh this is SBF fully capitulating. Um, and we have to mention that this does not mean that Binance has acquired SBF yet. This is just a letter of intent. Yep. And I think what is happening is Binance is providing the funds, liquidity, yeah. liquidity so that uh, you know uh, people, customers of FTX can withdraw their funds, which is of course very important. That's the main thing we want to protect is, is customers. But um, who knows if this is actually like there could be more drama ahead for us if this deal doesn't close if cz asks for unreasonable terms like all sorts of things could 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 be happening i think cz has since tweeted out that they are now doing due diligence to investigate uh ftx right. and so it's basically he's, like he's giving himself the option he's giving himself the option and he's like my rules now mm -hmm. you know i'm the captain yeah. uh sit right here We'll look at it, and you know maybe we'll make a deal afterwards. But like yeah. Sam is no longer in the in the captain seat with respect to negotiation. He'll take whatever deal right. CZ gives him at this point. Yeah, yeah. In the uh, thumb war of crypto exchanges, CZ definitely pinned Sam down. Uh, so oh CZ God. had his own version of the same tweet that came out five minutes later, uh, and uh, and said, uh, "What did he say this afternoon? FTX FTX asked for our help, uh, and." Uh, yeah, so if you want to go to that sync tweet, Ryan, uh, and, and zoom up, um, there is a significant liquidity crunch to protect users. We are signing a non-binding letter of intent. Again, CZ picks his words to put in the first tweets very carefully. We are signing a non-binding letter of intent intending to fully acquire FTX to help cover the liquidity crunch. We'll be, con we'll be conducting a full DD in the coming days. Basically, they're going to audit FTX and see how big the hole is. How big the hole that Alameda Research created in the FTX balance sheet, if it was indeed Alameda Research, which it probably is. Uh, and then we have this meme of uh, CZ <laughs> walking in with a sink into Alameda Research. This is a, a playoff of uh, Elon Musk walking into Twitter after he bought Twitter because uh, he threw the kitchen sink at it. Uh, and now we have CZ doing the same thing for Alameda Research. But wow. again, it's actually not Alameda Research. It's uh, it's FTX. But again, where are the lines? We don't. Where really, are the lines? We don't really know. Maybe all the same. It seems like they they both fell together. Mm -hmm. um, so what's this take? Yeah. By the so way? this this uh, this got leaked. Uh, a a quick and dirty article saying that FTX scoured Wall Street, sourcing emergency fundings for a billion dollar lifeline. Uh, and so before. FTX went to CZ and Binance. They were going back to TradFi to ask for a billion dollars in emergency funding so that they could prop up the exchange. Uh, and so that was before. And that's actually if further down in this article. They say they were looking for a $1 billion lifeline, but they had a balance sheet hole of 5 to $6 million, Ron. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, they were hurting. This was kind of a desperation move. Mm -hmm. And uh, CZ 
pulling this in, into his camp right. for, for the win. CZ's the, like, hey, you know who's got five to six billion dollars? I've got five to six billion dollars. Wow. The Binance Empire just mm -hmm. totally checked a competitor. These are the crypto banker wars. And I've certainly never seen a chapter like this. What's also ironic to me is, of course, FTX and SBF, they were the the bailout kings. Yeah, I mean, they, they were bailing out, out left and right. So they this, is, this is one of the big claims is that FTX spent all of its ammo acquiring the bloody carcasses of the Luna and an A3 Arrows capital that, crash. Or, or and then they, they ran out of ammo to save themselves. I wonder, were they acquiring these things to cover something else up? I wonder if there, there was some sort of intent between uh, to acquire these things. Uh, I wonder if it was for other reasons that, that, that we'll see in the weeks to come. Um, we have some more takes, and I think we want to give some analysis some hot takes. on yeah, this. Some crypto, Twitter. Uh, crypto Twitter is on fire today, Ryan. Yeah, I know you've been, been busy, but crazy. I've been enjoying it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so we're going to get to all of those and the memes and the takes and, and um, the analysis of what we do in the aftermath of this. We'll also take a closer look at um, some of the markets from a pricing perspective. Yeah, we're gonna so we'll get to all of that and more. Mm -hmm. But before we do, we want to thank the sponsors that made this episode possible. In all of my years in crypto, I've never been hacked, scammed, or lost money to a thief. And a lot of that credit goes to my Ledger hardware wallet. The Ledger Nano X and the Ledger Nano S Plus hardware wallets allow users like you and me to secure and manage all of our crypto assets and our NFTs, all with the security of storing users' private keys offline and out of reach from hackers. The Ledger Nano X is the perfect hardware wallet for managing your crypto and NFTs on the go because it connects to your phone with Bluetooth and has a nice big screen for easy transaction readings. Ledger has also upgraded the iconic Ledger Nano S and made the new Ledger Nano S device more DeFi and NFT friendly, making it the perfect hardware wallet for beginners. Ledger has truly maximized for both ease of use and security. So just Discover which Ledger device is best suited for your journey by going and visiting shop.ledger.com. If you've been listening to Bankless, you know that we're fans of the modular blockchain thesis. The idea that blockchains will separate execution from data availability and consensus, allowing all three to become the best versions of themselves. And Fuel has built the fastest modular execution layer in the industry. By supporting parallel transaction execution, Fuel unlocks significantly faster throughput for the Web3 world. Fuel also goes beyond the limitations of the EVM with its own Fuel VM which is more efficient and optimized, opening up the design space for developers. And lastly, Fuel brings a powerful developer experience with its own domain-specific language, Sway, and a supportive toolchain called Fork. With Fuel, you can have the benefits of smart contract languages like Solidity while adopting the improvements made by the Rust tooling ecosystem, letting the Fuel development environment go beyond the limitations of the EVM. If you want to learn more, there's a link in the show notes to see how you can get involved with the Fuel network. The Layer 2 era is upon us. Ethereum's Layer 2 ecosystem is growing every day, and we need Layer 2 bridges to be fast and efficient in order to live a Layer 2 life. Across is the fastest, cheapest, and most secure cross-chain bridge. With Across, you don't have to worry about high fees or long wait times. Assets are bridged and available for use almost instantaneously. Across's bridges are powered by UMA's optimistic oracle to securely transfer tokens between Layer 2s and Ethereum. Across is critical ecosystem infrastructure, and Across V2 has just launched. Their new version focuses on higher capital efficiency, layer two to layer two transfers, and a brand new chain with Polygon, all while prioritizing high security and low fees. You can be a part of Across's story by joining their Discord and using Across for all of your layer two transferring needs. So go to across.to to quickly and securely bridge your assets between Ethereum, Optimism, Polygon, Arbitrum, or Boba networks. Okay, it's going to take a while to digest all of that, David, but uh, let's get some quit uh, crypto Twitter takes and uh, also look at some charts, the after effects of today's events. So this is a chart from uh, Luke Martin uh, comparing two coins, BNB 
and FTT. Of course, these are the, the main assets in play from uh, both of the kingdoms, the Binance Kingdom and the FTX Sam Bankman Freed Kingdom. What are we looking at here? Yeah, so these two tokens, and Luke Martin says this, uh, tr typically trade in lockstep with each other. Like they're highly correlated, same kind of sector, same kind of asset, uh, except for November. Except for all of November, uh, FTT starts to go down. And it's interesting that this happened so early. I, I guess this really became very obvious uh, November 2nd when that report about Alameda Research came out. But you could see the decoupling before that. You can see the decoupling starting around uh, October 30th, maybe 29th. But BNB... So people knew something was going to happen? Yeah. Do you think? Like yeah. insiders knew? Mar markets always know. Markets know first. <laughs> uh, and so BNB uh, performs great starting all throughout November. FTT has performed absolutely terribly starting in November. Uh, and so you can, you can see, here, here is the winners, Ryan. You can see it in the market. You, BNB is up big. FTT is down big. This is one empire... Uh, winning the war against another, and it's being reflected in the market. Can we just look at FTT real quick? Like, what's oh, the FTT wait, wait, price? no, don't, don't do coin. You, Are you saving you, that? You already have it pulled up. Go, go click the trading view tab, the black one. Oh, this one. Yeah. Okay. So here's where we are. Remember that twenty-two dollar line, Ryan? Uh, where's that up here? Yeah. So that's that, was, that um, big red candle. That's when Alameda Research ran out of money. This is, and that 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 is Tuesday the eighth. That is this morning. Is that this morning? That was last night. That was last night. Last night. Yeah. Late last night. Uh, wow. and, and so $22 down to where we are now at $5 and 40 cents. Uh, and so that puts FTT down at, uh, let's see, negative 77% in 24 hours down 77%. That's 80%. Now this thing, uh, isn't going to go to zero like no, Luna. So it it's is not, not an algo stable coin. It is not a recursive algorithmic stable coin <laughs> that hyperinflates, but I mean, it's giving it a run for its money for what it's worth. 80% in one day, in one day <laughs> even by crypto standards, uh, that, that, that means you got wrecked. I mean, um, it's 80% in one day. It's, it's 80, it's seven. It's yeah. It's like 85% over seven days. Like pretty bad. This is uh, the, the, a, a similar chart, but with, um, the timestamp of when CZ tweeted this out, right. liquidating our FTT. Uh, and this is, I believe, um, FTT. A FTT chart. Remember, remember when he said that it's going to take months to fully liquidate this position, and we're going to yeah. do it in a way that disturbs the market as little as possible. Is yeah. that is that what this looks like in this chart, oh my Ryan? God, absolutely. I, I wonder if CZ actually sold any FTT. I think there's a chance he probably he probably did. There's also a chance that this is just the run on the bank that you're seeing. I mean, why wouldn't he sell? I mean, why would you want to hold FTT yeah, for so, an eighty yeah. percent yeah. drop? He probably sold as fast as he could do, probably. Uh, but probably not over months. Or I don't know. Maybe doesn't matter now. Who, who doesn't matter if whoever has FTT. It's like, oh, we actually only have twenty percent left. CZ is playing the four D chess game yeah, right now. Like the, this is what this is happening. Uh, and our Suzu. old friend, <laughs> old friend back. came back. <laughs> DM. He says, "Is this his first tweet in like in months?" What? So he's been following. Like, what does this mean, GM? I think I think he's just saying, "Hey, I'm I'm here for this." <laughs> Is he saying it wasn't just me? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Can I have my money back, please? Yeah. Like, dude is replying to Suzu here. Um, uh, here's Do Kwan, our other friend, who was also on Up Only earlier today. Oh uh, this is uh, a painting. I think this is, a, a, again, a reference to Game of Thrones of somebody bending the knee to probably House Targaryen. Yeah, uh, one of the Targaryens here. Yeah, yeah. so this, this, this is bending the knee in, in no wow. short order. Yeah. Oh, then he's, uh, he's retweeting SBF as he does it, yeah. 
Okay, so our old friends are coming back, huh? It's this um, anti-Siri just doing the kiss the ring. <laughs> like, it, yeah. Sam Trabuco. So here's Sam Trabuco of Alameda Research. He's one of the, the like, uh, SPFs, I think, like, right-hand man at, at, at Alameda. He goes, much love to everyone. I'm sure the fast, past few days have been dark for many. I hope the road ahead is brighter. What does this mean? Brian, he's just waving the white flag. He's like, it's over. I'm done here. I got nothing left. This is, wow. this is him capitulating. Uh, saw similar from some of the the big Luna Terra bulls uh, in yes. the aftermath of yep. this. This is what uh, capitulation looks like on Twitter. Uh, this is that tweet again. Oh yeah, okay. I guess we included it twice. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I thought this this is from Jameis at Pleaser Dow, where we have CFI main characters who are warring with each other, and then DeFi main characters who are like, if you're in DeFi, if you were in DeFi during Terra Luna, long, as long as it wasn't Terra Luna, if you were on Ethereum DeFi or even Solana DeFi, like like actual DeFi, actual DeFi, yeah, real DeFi, you've been fine. Uh, if you were during DeFi during the three hours capital liquidation, you were fine. If you were in DeFi during just now you were fine. Uh, and in fact, if you were lending out Ether, you're getting some, some strong yields right now. Uh, so I thought this was a great meme. Do you know, does it, do you find this ironic that um, we had this whole conversation with, with SBF and Voorhees uh, a couple of weeks ago about how to protect retail from DeFi and um, talking about like having user interfaces for DeFi have to register with different states or you know the, the feds, for example. And what's interesting about everything that we've seen in 2022 is the problem is coming from CFI primarily. Yes. I mean, they're, they're like, quote unquote, DeFi, Quanzi type schemes that are going on, algorithmic stable coins that are um, not even you know, collateralized. We don't even know the assets are. It's not, it's not on-chain. It's not real DeFi. But then it was like C uh, Celsius and Voyager uh, and even BlockFi had quite a time of it. CFI is the thing that we need to be protected from, it feels like, as, as retail. I don't understand how regulating a front-end user interface is going to help solve this problem. And I think it's somewhat ironic that uh, in one of the individuals pushing for that now, like days later, finds his own crypto exchange on the brink of insolvency. Um, DeFi has been doing pretty well in comparison to that. And uh, you know, I hope regulators pay attention. Uh, Here's another meme out of Dylan Sinclair. This is the uh, find, find out, <laughs> fuck around and find out chart. And it's CZ that's pointing to like, this is what happens when you fuck around, you find Level out. Seven. <laughs> Level <Yeah>. seven. <laughs> Level seven, find out. That's the equilibrium. Yeah, and this is uh, Cantering Clark saying, the game of chess that CZ just played was possibly one of the greatest of all time. I don't think I've seen, like, there, there was, like, conspiracies and allegations that somebody, some entity, triggered the collapse of Luna. I don't really think anything has come of that. We know that CZ just triggered the collapse of FTX. Maybe yeah. they put themselves into a precarious position to begin with, but it was CZ was the one that, that lit the fuse and then capitalized on that. And now, now uh, SBF has to work with him. Yeah. SBF has to kiss the ring after yeah, that. Big, S big time. SBF has to call him boss and do yeah. what he says. <clears throat> and uh, like that has to be a, a humbling position to be in right now. But yeah. CZ is the one making the rules for sure. Big time. Big time. Uh, next, here's another tweet from Will Clemente saying, next cycle, CZ will be the richest man in the world. I think he's already breached top five richest men at the top of the market. Uh, yeah. Uh, like, see, this, this, see, we already knew that CZ was the, the chief of an empire. That empire just got twice as big because they, just, they, they already had 
like 75 to 80% of total crypto exchange volume. They just acquired number three, maybe it was number two, FTX passed Coinbase in volume at times. So now the number one just gobbled number two. And they also gobbled up everything that, that FTX acquired over the last six months. All of BlockFi's assets, like everything, like all the, uh, the, the bleeding hedge funds that, that uh, BlockFi or that FTX acquired, now CZ just acquired it. It's so just it's, massive consolidation. Huge consolidation. And so see, we already knew that CZ was like this massive just mogul of a massive empire. And that empire just became so much bigger. This guy g w goes from being insanely powerful it's to, to top five most powerful men in the world. Are you... He, by the way, he owns a $500 million stake in Twitter. Like, fun fact, yep. he was in on that deal, yep. too. Uh, are you worried about this? Should we be worried about this? So, so in general, like, I prefer, like, you know, a duopoly or an ogle... Uh, <laughs> what's that word? O oligopoly um, versus just, like, a monopoly, right? Right. And so this is, I mean, a at least there was... instead of a monopoly? Yeah. I mean, that would be better. Right. Uh, it would be better to... A triopoly, it would, be, it would be better to have more crypto bankers. Now CZ has just kind of consolidated, knocked a key competitor out of the ring. And it's just, I guess it's kind of like Coinbase and Binance. I mean, by the way, Brian Armstrong's looking pretty good in the back of all of this. Just playing just it doing straight. doing nothing. Just, just doing nothing. <laughs> Whoever Staying does out of it. nothing... Is has won. <laughs> you have done well. Oh, CZ did something and definitely CZ won, won big. CZ but, won big. You know the Coinbase kingdom still stands mm -hmm. as well. But anyway, I guess the point of like consolidation, crypto bankers getting powerful, like um, this worries me. I think some people, some people in in crypto and DeFi are like uh, taking a short term view and thinking that you know SBF was an enemy of of maybe DeFi and maybe he was. Maybe some people uh, you know think he was, but like. Um, CZ is also a crypto crypto banker, yep. right? Are we worried that he has now consolidated more power and doesn't have a competitor to to check him? Should we be worried about this, or do we just say, you know, CZ um, crypto values? Um, hopefully, he doesn't do anything nefarious in our industry. What's your take on this? Yeah, I think we should always be wary of people in power. Always. Why wouldn't you be? I don't. I don't think that there's anything specific about CZ that I'm specifically worried about, although the sharpness and the level of execution is extremely intimidating. Uh, I, I trust ZEC more than I trust SBF, definitely. He and Binance has done fantastic things to promote the crypto industry. Binance Smart Chain is a real... Uh, de bankless technology for a lot of people out in the world, even though it's not completely bankless on the bankless spectrum. It's more bankless than most things, and it's more self-sovereign and user-sovereign than most things, and Binance has done a great job of onboarding many, many people into crypto. He has 100% made a net positive impact upon the crypto industry. I am worried that one person has so much goddamn power and reach um, but I, I'm not worried to be, I'm not too, I don't know, man. I, it's hard. It's hard. I would like to see some more competition, to be honest. Yeah. I, I would like to see, um, a little bit of, uh, you know, disruption, but I mean, who's close, who's close right now? Just, right. just Coinbase. Just Coinbase. But like it's Binance is like the offshore unregulated one and Coinbase is the onshore regulated one. Like if that's, if that's the binary star system, that is the end result of all of this. And I guess that's just the way that it is. Um,
I do think that, you know, when you think of kind of the, the crypto tribes left standing, who are they? What are the crypto tribes left standing? There's kind of like the Bitcoiner tribe mm -hmm. for sure. There's still sort of the, the Ethereum uh, type yeah. type tribe out there, DeFi tribe. I would say but the I, largely like unscathed tribe, at least that's what it feels like. Yes, but um, it, it feels very much like this other tribe of like FTX and I might throw uh, Solana in there. Yeah. I mean, SBF was a big Solana supporter. We have to look uh, at the Solana for example. price. Yeah, that's very, uh, that's actually relevant. We'll get to that, but like, it feels like that tribe is maybe taking a big hit here. I don't think that- in the YouTube chat, it's like Kaufman's kissing the ring. <laughs> <laughs> Are you kissing the ring, David? I don't want to go up against CZ, Jesus. Well, I mean, but like- It's gonna liquidate we, me. Here's the thing, we can't trust crypto. Here's the thing, we, we can't have power consolidated in kind of the centralized app layer, right? Um, Binance Smart Chain is ultimately, it's, you know, kind of CD controls the validator set. It's sort of like FinTech with an API. Mm -hmm. um, it's, not, it's not pure true DeFi, right? I mean, there's a lot of negative things to say about it, but, um, I guess we'll have to see what CZ does with his power. I mean, there is a way you can use that power to the good of crypto and to support decentralized values. And, and you're like, I hope he chooses to do that. But um, to be determined, I think we should all be skeptical as well and hold them accountable. Uh, well, here's a take yeah. just based on that. What's that tweet? CZ owns the biggest uh, sex, see centralized exchange, the second biggest chain by TVL, the third biggest asset by market cap BNB, the third biggest stablecoin BUSD. Everything CZ touches just becomes like the biggest, the biggest one. Um, <laughs> this is funny now. CZ says all crypto exchanges should do Merkle proof, proof of reserves. Banks run on fractional reserves. Crypto exchanges do not. Binance will start to do proof of reserves soon. Full transparency. If CZ, great, great treat. We, we love proof of reserves. Uh, I'm sure this is not how Nick Carter thought proof of reserves was going to get rolled out, but <laughs> if, if this is how it, it happens, uh, uh, fine. This is, this is a, an interesting tweet that this is happening. This got tweeted out like an hour or so ago. This is CZ's most recent tweet. Banks run on fractional reserves. Crypto exchanges should not. He is calling out the fact that, in my, this is my interpretation, that he just sniped the hell out of FTX. It's like, oh, FTX, you're running fractional reserves. I'm going to trigger a run, run on the bank, put you in a corner, and then buy you. And then if the next step that happens is that Binance implements proof of reserves, Next, this is the most Chad move of all time because not only did he snipe an underwater bank, he then just proves that his bank is unsnipable because you can't trigger a run on the bank on a bank that has proven to have full reserves. Uh, look, I do think proof of reserves would be a big step forward for, for centralized exchange. Here's the thing though, is like um, you, can't, you can't prove all of your reserves unless they're, unless they're on chain, right? So, I mean... At some level, one response to this would be like, that's great. Binance is doing this. This is what DeFi is doing, though, yes. from like the yeah, base if you're, layer if on you're up. you're going to be put on your DeFi maximalist hat, yeah, DeFi is Well, that's reserves. what I am, is a DeFi maximalist. Yeah. And so DeFi is already doing that. So I'm glad uh, Binance is taking a step towards that. But I will say these are the types of actions that would make uh, more centralized exchange providers a bit more decentralized and this would be i think a win for all consumers right 100 here's here's the thing with ftx is like we had no idea whether the thing's insolvent or not compare that to ave like loans on ave for example entire stack traceable yep. on chain no one has to worry like we can look it all up we could see every asset what's backing it right click view source you get to see it um 
and we don't have that visibility with with mm -hmm. FTX. So we'll uh, we'll see what what CZ does on that. But um, yeah, no question, he's made a huge move today. So, um, so this? this is uh, so these are some questions that I have, and I had some tweets like paired up with this. There, so to to conclude, what the some of the most important questions that I think we are have left to answer as a result of this event. Did Alameda blow up? We don't know that, but people probably seems very likely seems that it blew up under 22, right? Yes, exactly. Uh, how big is the regulatory impact going to be on this is a is an interesting question to unpack. DeFi is strong. We've already talked about that. This is uh, the question of is SBF in legal trouble? So uh, FTX allegedly took customer deposits, sent it to Alameda Research to go make money with customer deposits. Alameda lost money. And then therefore FTX also lost people money. Uh, if people who invested in FTX or customers who might not get their money back, uh, if they cannot be made whole, that might trigger legal concerns. Um, and Dylan, uh, Dylan LeClaire uh, says, call it what it is, it's fraud. 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 What SBF was doing is fraud, is the claim that this is making. Well, That's guys, I'm going to... I'm going to end it as we always do. Risks and disclaimers on days like this. These risks and disclaimers should mean a little bit more. Crypto is risky. All of it is. DeFi is risky. But so are centralized exchanges, maybe especially centralized exchanges. You could lose what you put in, but we are headed west. This is the frontier. It's not for everyone, but we're glad you're with us on the bankless journey. Thanks a lot.